To be the best, you need to play with the best. You might not have your own personal high-level circle of women yet, but you can hang with us on The Female Millionaire Show. I'm Midori Verity, serial entrepreneur for over 25 years, and I interview badass female founders and cut through to what you really need to know. So in 20 minutes, you have what can take years to learn. If you're wanting to play bigger, come play with us. Join the female entrepreneur revolution today. Cheers. We are here with a seasoned veteran in marketing. And what's so cool about our guest today is that we're going to be talking about toxic achievement syndrome. So all of you moms out there, all of you super high achievers who are trying to be perfect and trying to do everything. And when things fall apart a little bit, you might freak out a, just a teeny, teeny, weeny bit. We're going to be talking about that and also talk about Andrea Sai's business, Sai Communications. She's been in the industry for over 25 years. She has, she has her own firm, of course, and then she also came from the corporate background. So we'll be hitting on that as well. So join me in welcoming Andrea to the show. Great thank to have you. you. So much. Yeah, thank you so much. Happy to be here. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about your journey. What made you decide to go out of corporate and, and launch your own business? Yes. Well, I was pregnant and the thought of actually having a young child and trying to marry that with corporate life just didn't, I didn't see how it was ever going to work. Um, so I was in marketing. I had been doing just some side gigs um, for people here and there. And I thought, well, this is a great opportunity for me to raise our babies and I'll work part time. I'll do some side work, um, you know, and that and that will be great because I'll keep my you know feet in the fire a little bit because I love what I do. Um, but it won't be, you know, too much. And it's I always joke that like within a month I was working like 50 hours a week. <laughs> so your best laid plans, you know. Yeah, it's a habit. It. It's just, yeah. it's, it's yeah. ingrained in, in some of us. So I hear it, you. It is. And I mean, I was doing my own business then. So I felt like, well, you can't say no, you're starting your own, uh, you know, organization. And I have some people that are working for me. And so I just didn't ever say no to anything really. And so it just kind of kept building, which was a great problem to have. Um, but certainly early on, it was a really hard thing for me to juggle everything. I used to say, you can be a really good mom or you can be a really good CEO and president, but not in the same day, you know? So. Yeah. It's, um, it's a tough one to juggle and it's something that, that plagues so many of us. I've always had businesses with my kids, you know, from we started our very first business, bought a house, my mom died. And then I had a kid. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, like within three months. Um, yeah. And, you know, yeah. we went flying from there. So it's something that I absolutely resonate with this topic. So let's talk about that a little bit, because it sounds like you started it. You, know, you went through the what you call toxic achievement. Yeah. I never really thought of myself as even an entrepreneur. I was just grinding through the work. You know, I, I, loved my clients and I wanted to do the best job that I could for them every single day. And the work kept coming, which it, it still does. And it's great. And I'm so fortunate. Um, it's all by word of mouth. You know, I'm in an industry where I just have gotten to know a lot of different players. And so um, I don't advertise or, or try to actually get business that kind of finds me, which is, again, you know, a nice problem to have, except if you can't say no. Um, and so what happened, you know, sort of early on is I was um, 
doing work and then taking care of the kids. And then I would call it processing the kids, which I know sounds cold, but I loved my nighttime routines with them. So, um, but you know, after the bath and the book, I put them to bed. My husband did a lot of traveling at the time he's in sales. And then I would come right back to the computer and I would be here till 1130. And then I would do it all over again. Um, and it was just, what happened is I kind of forgot how to take care of myself in that time. And that was, you know, a struggle. And so I feel now where I am in my business, I make so much better, healthier choices. Um, and it makes me better for everybody, you know, both my family and my clients, you know, that I make sure I exercise and take some time out for myself. So, yeah. And that's easier said than done sometimes right? When you are trying to wear so many hats and take care of everyone and deliver a product at a certain level, right? And then also be a great mom, you know, making sure that you're giving them what they, what we all feel like they, they deserve and they need. So what were some of the ways that you have found, what are some tools that you have to- Well, I, I, I call myself a recovering perfectionist. Um, you know, and because I wanted to make sure that everything was just so. Um, and I think, you know, some of the different tactics I've used, um, like for instance, I make sure that I have white space in my week. And I don't know if you are familiar with the term white space, but for me, white space is a time that is not structured, planned, nothing. And it might only be an hour I get in one particular week, but it's a time where I'm not planning to paint my nails. I am not emptying the dishwasher. Um, You know, I'm not going to one of my um, kids' sports games. Like it's truly unstructured, unplanned time. And then when I'm in it, you know, then I decide what I want to do. And so really it's, um, you know, it may be taking a bath or it might be working, you know, just trying to catch up on emails. But for me, it's more of a choice of structuring my time, you know, and leaving some time for me. So that's, yeah, I haven't practiced that. That's a, um, a great thing to put in there because I help my clients, you know, plan their weeks out, right? So they stay focused. But I think yeah. that's a really important component of it because if you do need to catch up or if you want to go take a walk or do something else, you're free. You're free. And it, it's kind of like giving you the permission to, to do yeah, that. Or yeah. I remember even just going to the grocery store, I felt guilty. I felt like, oh my gosh, I'm not working right now. And it was just, this was this weird feeling. And it took years to get over that. Even after my kids were grown, I still have a little bit of guilt. Like I won't go, I rarely go clothes shopping when I'm at home. I will on vacation because I, my brain switches to vacation right. mode. So that's actually quite truthfully. That's when I buy most of my clothes. But yeah, yeah it's it's a, it's a real thing. And it doesn't have to be that if you have kids or not. You know, it's it's toxic achievement is regardless yeah. of whether you have a family. It's a mindset, it's an approach, it's a way of being. Yeah. And I want to also differentiate between it's okay to be a high achiever. It's different to be toxic. Right. I think there's a big difference there. Right. And the difference is feeling like you're working eight days a week, you know, that feeling of burnout. And one of the things that I have noticed kind of post pandemic, um, certainly from all the people who I'm surrounded with is that everybody is pretty stressed out. Mm -hmm. There's a lot going on. They're busy. Um, You know, the news feels negative, the weather the you know, um, there's just a lot of negativity and a lot of um, busyness. Right. So there's just not a lot of extra time to kind of take that breath. 
um, and do some things where you can just stop for a second, you know, and, and kind of take stock. I mean, I'm so used to kind of doing things, boom, boom, boom. Um, but you know, you, you're right. Like Sunday nights, I now like take some time in my office because I choose it because it really helps my Monday through Friday. I sort of organize myself. I prioritize what I'm going to do. And then I hit the ground running on Mondays, you know, so. Okay. So let's kind of break that down because I like to have something where people can kind of put it in their pocket and take it away. Right. Yeah. So Sundays are your organization day. I love Sundays too. Yeah. Yeah. So that's where you get prepared. You know what you have coming for the following week. Yeah. And so Do you set up your whole schedule for that on Sunday? Well, my schedules are usually set up sort of weeks in advance, but I have a printed calendar. I'm super visual. I'm in the creative space. And so for me, I can't just look at my phone and see all these dots and and get a sense of what my week looks like. So on Sunday, I've got my calendar out and I look at all of the different obligations. um, And then I prioritize, right? What are the things that are banging up against each other? And what do I want to make sure I do? Maybe that day I'm going to go see my daughter's lacrosse game because that's more important to me and I'll move a meeting, um, you know, and, and just kind of organizing and making sure sort of I'm ready for that week has helped me to, you know, survive those, those Monday blues when you're, you know, back at it again. So, yeah. And I also, one thing that I love about planning on Sunday, and I actually look at my, like, if, if it's, let's say it's Monday, I look at what I have going on on Tuesday mm-hmm. on Monday night because it does something in my brain where I'm more productive. I'm not kind of like, okay, wait, what do I have going on today? I wake up and I'm set to go. And so I get more done. And this is one thing, I think this is almost like a habit that I had to get into that once I have everything done, I always have my three priorities, like my big needle turners. That's what I call them, my needle turners. If I get all of those done, I can be free. I can go for a run. I can go do whatever I want. But that took a that took years for me to get to. But that is something that I learned from another um, very productive business person who is extremely extremely successful. Is you have your three things per day, right? And then even three bigger things for that week. What are the three, or even one? What are the huge needle turns that need to happen? And what can you do to accelerate those? What time of day are you better at doing those? Whether it's sales calls, whether it's um, creating, getting creative, right? If you have to use your creative brain, most of us have a better time of day for that. Yeah, for me, exercise is like a mental health um, absolute necessity. And so I'll look at my days. I'm like, all right, so what can I fit in? Is it a 30 minute bike? Is it a run with friends? You know, what is, what can I fit in? And then I'll literally write it down right on my calendar, you know, because then once it's sort of written down there, then it, it's less to be erased or crossed off. You know, I kind of make it into its own thing. Um, and again, it's, it's, it's not just my physical health. It's definitely mental health. When you're going as fast as the pace of our sort of family life and my work life is, you need to have that um, in order to, to even breathe right. Like I'll just say like, oh my gosh, I'm working so fast. I'm hyperventilating, right? So you're, (laughs) you know, and then you go for a run and you're like, okay, I have oxygen in my body again. I feel so much better. So true. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) It's so true. I went through, um, his name's Stephen Kotler and he has zero, he has a program called Zero to Dangerous. And it's all about being productive, right? And he talks about how do you maximize your productivity? And so one thing that I've done is in the morning time, I have my routine. It's as simple as getting up. I meditate for 15 minutes. 
Um, then I do, I will review my quick emails in case there's something that I do need to address. And then I work out, I have a, you know, just a quick little 30 minute workout. Then I make my coffee, but like, that's what I have, whatever works for someone, but just that morning routine. Um, and then I start my day. And when I don't follow that routine, I can tell that my brain is just kind of all over the place. I'm not, not all over the place, but I'm not as productive. I'm not as focused. I don't feel as, um, I guess in alignment with, Oh, I totally myself. understand what you're saying. Absolutely. You feel much more centered. You know, I feel like, you know, until my blood gets flowing and that's when I really get my creative juices flowing, that's when I do my best work, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. And so even like planning, he, they talk about this weird thing. I haven't done it, but I, I'm just going to throw it out there. But where you, you stare wall staring, they call it wall staring. So like for like, if you're super, like what you're talking about, when your brain's just going all over and you're hyperventilating, you're like, whoa, <laughs> I need to slow down because I'm not tapping into the areas that I really want to tap into. And how am I going to do this? It's, I think it's like a meditation type of thing, but where you yeah. just sit, there's no noise around you. And you just stare at the wall, literally yeah. stare at the wall for like five minutes. That's and, so funny. Yeah. yeah I, think I it love just it. Kind of clears the brain and resets you. Yeah. I do um, box breathing. Um, so I, it's sort of my same way of doing that. Although I'm going to stare at the wall next time I do it, but like you sort of breathe in for four, you sort of hold it for four and you release it for four. And it's remarkable. You can just do it twice. And I'm like, okay, I feel better. Like that's when I'm feeling a little overwhelmed. Like I'm not sure what to attack next, you know, just doing that kind of two, two sets even of that box breathing. And I feel like, okay, I got this. <laughs> yeah. It makes such a difference. Okay. Let's talk, let's shift gears a little bit and talk about business yes, and talk yeah. about, you know, you've been in this business for 25 years. There's been a whole lot that has happened in the marketing world over that time. You know, we had 2.0, then we have 3.0, um, you know, web 3.0 or whatever they're calling it now, web three. And now we have AI. How have you adjusted to, because AI came out of, it didn't come out of nowhere. It's been around for 10 years, but I feel like it just all of a sudden decided, okay, now we are exploding and we're taking over. Yeah. How I mean, AI it? is the new internet, um, really, you know, so, and I remember before there was an internet, um, you know, sadly, but, um, and so that's, what's happening with AI now. It is in such the infant stage. We don't even realize where it's going to go yet. Just the same way when the internet started coming out and people were talking about websites, we didn't really know what that meant or how that was going to look or feel. And I think that's where we are with AI. It's just going to truly explode and really change the way, um, you know, people market their businesses. I mean, content development is a huge chunk of how you market your, your business. Um, and AI can kind of take care of a lot of that. Um, which is re remarkable. So, um, and, you know, I think, you know, it has, if I think about sort of the sort of projects I worked on back in 2003, I mean, I was creating brochures, you know, literature and all of that, totally different world today. And even the websites that we built, you know, five, seven, 10 years ago, those all um, have to be redone because the whole um, experience, that whole website online experience has changed. So you have to really evolve and you have to be curious. Like, you can't be in marketing and not be curious because there's so much that's changing all the time. And if you don't, 
investigate all the different options, you're really not serving your clients as well, because that's where they come to you as the expert to really understand, you know, what's the best way to approach it? How do I, you know, I've got this budget, I don't even know where to start. Is it Google AdWords? Is it a print ad? You know, where, what do I do? So, and it's our job to help them determine how to best do that. So, yeah. And I think one thing to mention, you were saying that you go and speak all over the place is yeah. continued education, right? We have to stay ahead of the curve. We have to understand, we have to get out of our own little box. We get, so, you know, we were talking about how busy we get, but we have to find a way to get out of our office and go and learn. And, you know, I go to traffic and well, I haven't been in traffic and conversion for a few years, but I used to go to that because they are talking about all these new developments in technology. It's kind of the cutting edge or not just technology and marketing and um, sales and like all this crazy stuff. That's where I learned about remarketing years ago. Yeah. I find that I force myself to get out of this space here, but yes. that every time I do, I am so grateful that I did that. And so not only do I go to different conferences and speak there, but I get so much out of it myself. I mean, I am not there just to present. I am there to absorb and learn from everybody else that's there. And, and that always makes it so much more, you know, worthwhile and, and valuable to me. So, yeah. I, th I mean, the worst thing that I can see that I have seen with certain entrepreneurs is they say that they get to a point, I've been in this field for so long, I know everything. Like, oh gosh, yeah. that's the worst, the worst mindset that you could possibly have. I promise you don't. No, uh, when we die, we don't know everything. We'll never no, know everything. That's impossible. the beauty of it. You have it's, to be that's what makes it, Isn't yeah. that what makes entrepreneurship fun? Right. Like yeah. Finding, I start. Okay. This is how old I am. We used to advertise in the yellow pages. That was oh, before yeah. they had anything. I was one yeah. of the first people to use Google AdWords. That's when it was cheap. I mean, our right. ads, a, a click was like three cents. It was nothing. Yeah. And then you could go in and we're like, huh, my phone's not ringing quite as much as it did yesterday. I'm going to go add in a word. And you do one little simple thing. It was so easy. And I remember the, the yellow page guy coming to our office and we're like, we're sorry, we're not doing it anymore because we found this and we're you know, it's, it's, we still, for that business, we still use Google AdWords and it's our number one marketing vehicle, but it doesn't work for every business and it's not an easy fix. It's not an easy, you know, you really have to know what you're doing. So what's your advice for someone who, you know, let's say that they have $20,000 in their marketing budget and they're kind of like, I don't know where to start. Do I start on social media? Do I start, you know, how do you, how do you guide them? Does it depend on what type of business? It definitely depends on the kind of business. I mean, I would say the majority of my businesses are B2B. Um, it's in the manufacturing space. I do have some B2C clients, but it, you know, there's there's all these social media channels, right? But you can't be everything to all of them. Um, so it's really important to know which ones work the hardest for you. And then you focus on those, for instance, like, so for instance, in B2B, I mean, that's LinkedIn, you know, there's, there's some Facebook stuff, but you know, really it's, it's that that's your best focus. Um, but it depends on, on who they're trying to reach and where those people are, like, how are those people getting their information. And that's sort of where we start is who is your target audience and who, like, and who are they, you know, not just um, their titles or are the different companies, but the kind of people, like what's the buyer persona of who you're trying to reach and then, okay, so what's the vehicles in which they use to get their information. And then that's how we want to attack this. And then I always tell companies, you know, you've got to really know 
who you are, what's your why, like why people choose you instead of the competition. And the more you understand that, um, the better your marketing aligns and the better it performs because you're communicating your differentiator, you know, so... Yeah, um, and there's so many tools out there. It's unbelievable. I mean, I love it because there's metrics. We used to never really be be able to measure, um, you know. So you have print ads. They'd have those little rip out cards, and people would like circle little things, and maybe you got some leads that way. I mean, and now there's just metrics for basically everything, and so that's exciting because you have a way to understand what's working and adjust it. And so that's one of the things that's really important too is to have a plan and then be willing to change it when you see what's working and what's not so that you can adjust your budget dollars, you know, accordingly. So, and I think that's where you, where a firm like yours comes in because you're watching it more, right? Right. As business owners, we're so busy wearing different Mm -hmm. hats. And so if you do have a budget and you are, you have a little leeway bringing in someone who, who understands how to set up the metrics, because that's, that's a challenge for many of us, technically, unadvanced people and, and then how to read them and who's following it all the time. So that's why I love talking with women like you who really understand all of it. You know, you can't just have one part of it. You need to have it all and it needs to come together and be cohesive and make sense and have a story behind it. And then you need to be watching it constantly because chances are you're going to need to adjust as you go. Absolutely. I mean, I think one of our success successes is because we're a full service agency. So when a client comes to me, I can provide them anything from branding to business cards, to Google ads, to website development. Um, But I rely on my team. You know, thank goodness it's my team of experts that helps me. And so throughout the 20 years, I have spent a lot of part of my time making sure that I have partners or people that work for me that are sort of best in class so that like I don't do Google ads myself. Like I think that's an absolute full time job. I wouldn't have any time to service my clients. So I have an expert who does that work. And then he takes care of all of the, the Google ad campaigns and all the modifications you make throughout the month to make sure that they're successful. And I think that's a big part of being successful is to surround yourself with people who are really good at what they do and having them be part of what you're offering. So could not agree further. Yeah. So where can people find more information about your company? Okay, so I they could go online to scicommunications.com. They can learn more about sort of the services we do, there's a portfolio of work, and then there's a contact page on there. Um, they can also email me directly. I'm at Andrea at scicommunications.com, and it's S-I-Y communications.com. So thank you so much. And just before we go, what is one tip that you have for building a multi-million dollar business? Uh, I would say don't take your expertise for granted. You know, you don't realize what an expert and how much you know, because you're in your own head. You know, it was back in, I think it was 2016. And I was, um, I was talking in front of this executive forum down in Naples, and it was like 250 CEOs and presidents of different companies within the industry. And that's when I realized, wait a minute, I'm like, I'm the expert here. And so don't ever take that for granted. And certainly, you know, make sure you understand your own value that you bring, you know, to people because, um, you know, between you and your partners and all of your expertise and skills, there's a, there's a value there. So don't, you know, don't, don't make light of that. (laughs) So yeah, great advice. Thank you for being here and go check her out. 
look at your marketing and find someone who can help you really accelerate it. That's, that is one of the biggest things for helping your business grow. Thank you. I've so enjoyed my time with you. I really appreciate it. (laughs) 